And imagine watching your kid having to go through all that and suddenly it's not as severe anymore and you guys actually can have like some quality of life. So I do hope that eventually people don't just look at cannabis or CBD as snake oil or a drug and stuff like that and just see what's actually happening out there. Welcome to Her Drive Podcast, a female-focused interview series with women of the world discussing their road trips to success. I'm your host, Cindy Cramblatt, a travel expert, business owner, and curious spirit with a knack for meeting fascinating women. Please join me as I hop in the passenger seat and chat with these ambitious women about what drives them, twists and turns, and those pedal-to-the-metal moments. Let's drive. Hello and happy fall, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Her Drive Podcast. I am really excited to be here and to be talking with a fellow farm girl. Uh, As many of my long-term listeners may know, I grew up on a farm in Ohio. Both of uh, my parents were um, children of farmers, so I've got a little bit of that in my DNA, and it's Always nice to talk with uh, women who understand agriculture. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Anna Redwood to Her Drive Podcast. Hey, Anna, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's lovely to be here. Awesome. So why don't you tell everybody what it is that you do and where you are? Yeah, so I'm based out of Oregon. Uh, My family and I started a CBD farm. And it's kind of evolved from just being a farm to also an extraction facility. And then we were like, hey, you know, we have great flour. We have great products, great oil. You know, why don't we also have a brand? So we've branched out since then. Um, Right now, I'm mostly spearheading our CBD cigarette division, Redwood Reserves. And basically, we provide an alternative for people who want to smoke something without it being either tobacco or even people who are trying to cut down on weed a little bit. Interesting. Um, so kind of going back to what your family does, have you always lived on um, land? Were you all growing something else? What's the story there? Yeah, funnily enough, we did not come from a background of farmers at all. I grew up in South Carolina near the beach. Um, and when I went off to college, I wanted to be a lawyer. Um, my oldest brother wanted to be a petroleum engineer. And so he was actually going to college for that already. And then I have um, you know, a middle sibling who is only a year older than I am, and he wanted to be a dentist. So we decided, hey, you know, why don't we go to college in the same state? So, you know, we can live together, we can save a little bit of money, and you know, still have someone familiar. And so we ended up moving out to Oregon. We both loved Portland and Um, We were going to go to college out there, and then it was right when they legalized recreational marijuana. So we were like, hmm, this is kind of interesting. And, you know, my family was always against weed. Like growing up, I'd get in trouble if I was, you know, found to be smoking weed and being high and stuff, which, you know, is understandable. But my oldest brother once sent like a link in the group chat, the family group chat, and he was like, hey, like they just legalized marijuana where you guys are moving to. And actually it's saying that, you know, the projections for the business and the industry in general are pretty great. And we were like, oh yeah. And he's like, well, why don't we get into it? And my first reaction was just like, I literally type back, LOL, like, okay, like this is the guy who never smoked weed in his life and always thought it was like literally the devil's lettuce. But then we really (laughs) started looking into it further and we were like, hey, like, why don't we do this? And so- it started out as just the siblings. Um, 
my oldest brother, he was going to school for petroleum engineering and he ended up dropping out and basically taking a chance on it. Um, I, me and my middle brother, we stopped our studies as well. And we ended up getting one of the first licenses that Oregon um, kind of gave out. And we found a guy who was owner financing his farm and he believed in us too. He was like, all right, you guys are kind of crazy, but let's do it. And so everything kind of like spiraled and snowballed from there, right? So we started the recreational marijuana farm. That's where we first um, got into the cannabis industry and the farming. So it was really just learning as we went and researching and, you know, the, you know, marijuana and cannabis in general, like, isn't really difficult to grow once you kind of like know the knowledge. It's a weed and, you know, and like in general, it's a weed. So, um, but the hardest part was like the, the curing, the trimming, the drying. So all of it was really a learning process, but it ended up being that Oregon gave out so many licenses that the supply and demand was just crazy. Like it costed us around like $250 to produce a pound, like finished to sell. The first year we were selling for like 1200 a pound. The second year it was like 300 a pound if you were lucky. So we were kind of like, oh, what do we do? And we had ended up seeing a lot of, um, a lot of benefits in cannabis in general, not just for getting high. Like we worked with a uh, veteran group that was basically, they had a retreat for veterans with PTSD and they were helping them with um, marijuana. So they would actually like our strains that have the least amount of THC. And so we found that that was really interesting because they were like, it helps us the most, like we can actually function, we're not super high. And it really helps with like everything that they're going through. So that's kind of where we, you know, dipped our toes into the CBD industry because we were like, hey, well, we also have these strains that have all the beneficial cannabinoids you guys are looking for. It doesn't get you high as you're also looking for and it seems to work. So that was how we first got into hemp and we decided, hey, like, you know, the recreational marijuana business isn't really going that well for us right now. Like the supply and demand was just kind of crazy and the competition was really insane. And so we decided to, you know, try out growing hemp. We could actually grow like as many acres as we wanted, whereas with recreational marijuana, you could only do one acre. Mm-hmm. And it really took off from there. I mean, there was a huge demand for the smokable flower, which was really interesting to us, but also the CBD oils. So since then, I mean, we've no longer have anything in the recreational marijuana industry just because the hemp industry boomed. You know, you don't have to just stay within your own state. You can actually sell it anywhere, you know, to certain limitations, but also worldwide. So since then, we've expanded into um, like our own CBD oil company, which is USA Hemp. Um, we have a USA Hemp Brazil sector, which is a strictly um, prescription-based only. And then we also had a lot of demand for the smokable flower, like I said. And so we were like, hey, you know, let's look into doing something different because people were only doing the joints, which you can't really smoke those in public in a state where, you know, marijuana is illegal. People look at you like, what are you doing, right? Because it looks like weed. And so we ended up... Um, finding a manufacturer who would work with us who could actually make them to look exactly like cigarettes. But instead of tobacco, it was just CBD flour. Interesting. So for those who don't understand the difference between hemp and marijuana, can you explain? Yeah. I mean, they're both the same plant, right? Like cannabis, except one produces a lot of THC, which is what gets you high. And then hemp is bred to produce very little THC. For it to be legal, it has to be under 0.3%. 
and it produces a lot of CBD. So to put that into perspective, the marijuana that you would get that gets you high, those tests around like 15 to 30% THC. So the amount in hemp is so minimal that it really only has the cannabinoids that are beneficial for, you know, like helping you maintain balance or relax and unwind without letting you have like a high or feel altered in any way. Mm, I see. That makes sense. I, um, like a lot of people smoke, smoked pot back in my youth. And just as the older I have gotten, the less and less I've enjoyed it or liked it, actually, I pretty much, I hate it. And I've tried it a few times, you know, in the last couple of years, I'm like, nope, this is not for me. Um, but I have noticed that using like a CBD tincture or like a gummy or I've never, no, that's not true. In New Mexico, I tried a, um, like a, a smoking the flower and I did notice that it was much more calming, but without, uh, like I get paranoid and mm-hmm. kind of like critical when smoking pot, but I didn't experience that at all. Is that, uh, typically the response that you get from, from your clients and customers? Yeah. I mean, I, there's no studies done on it. Right. But like what I've noticed a lot is that a lot of our clients are like, Hey, I used to smoke a ton of pot when I was younger and I used to smoke like a whole joint or a whole blunt and it was great. But then at some point, like there's like a tipping point where your body just kind of changes and it's like, it's no longer great for me. Like when I smoke it now, like you said, like you get paranoid and anxious and it's just not the same calming effect, which is why a lot of people will switch from weed to CBD because you still get that nice like unwinding feeling, but there's none of that paranoia or like the heart palpitations and stuff when you're like, oh, what did I just smoke? Yeah. That's interesting. So what gave you and your um, siblings this sense of uh, bravery, boldness, uh, however you want to define it to say like, we're just going to, we're going to do this. We're going to try it. (laughs) Where did that come from? Honestly, I've always just kind of been like that. You know, my parents from an early age, like they would always like take us on trips and like let us have nice things and stuff but they're like well you've also got to work for it so there was also that kind of you know aspect where we were like hey like we want to do something we want to be able to you know have like a legacy or have you know enough freedom for us to be able to travel and do things that we want and it seemed like this was a really interesting way to go about it and we were also so young that I think that you have like this mentality where you're like, oh, I'm invincible, right? You're like, no, let's just do it. Like, we're going to be successful. And thankfully we were, but it was a really crazy idea to begin with. Um, yeah, I, I, you touched on something really important there. It's that you were, you had that like, well, gravitas is the right word, but you had a boldness about you that certainly is affiliated with, with youth. Um, yes. Amazing. And what year, I'm sorry, was, did you all get started? Um, well, we all got started when I was 21. So yeah. Okay. Um, wow, that's awesome. So what have been some of the challenging moments with starting a business and working and a business within agriculture? Um, you know, I think our biggest struggles, especially with the cannabis plant has always been like the harvesting aspect of it, because we're up in Oregon, summers are absolutely beautiful. There's not a drop of rain. And then, you know, fall comes around. And once you really hit into fall, it just starts raining all the time. And hemp, it has, you know, these buds that are very dense. So once they start getting wet and the humidity, there's a lot of potential for mold. And once that happens, like your crop is just ruined. 
So I think that was really the hardest thing for us to be able to um, to really find out how to do it correctly because we've lost a lot of crops in the past. Um, but thankfully now we have like a pretty good system. And I think it's just about experience and like a routine and learning. I see. So what's a sure sign that it's time to, to harvest? Well, the plants really let you know, right? So they have um, these little pistils on them that as they're growing throughout the whole vegetative stage and flowering stage, they're um, white. And then once they start maturing and they're really ready to be harvested, they turn gold. So that's when you know, like, okay, this plant is at like peak maturity, let's harvest. Um, The biggest thing is, is like, you know, you have to dry it correctly. If you don't dry it in the right way, then you'd lose all of the flavor of the plant too. So the experience is like of smoking it is a bit harsher. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's like a lot of like small little things that go into it as well. That's so interesting. And is there a difference in like creating a CBD joint versus a cigarette? Like how do you manufacture them separately and differently? Yeah. So the joints are more of like a connoisseur experience to where we only use the actual like hand trimmed buds that you would smoke and they're hand packed and everything. Whereas the cigarettes, they are mass produced. So they are, are only flower buds. But we don't have the like the detail of hand trimming and hand selecting the nugs. Basically, like once the flowers are dried and cured, they run through a machine that gets all of the outside leaves off of it. Not as detailed as like someone actually hand trimming it with their scissors. Um, and then they're um, milled and then sent off to a manufacturing plant that's you know made specifically for hemp, because the tobacco cigarettes tobacco is a very dry leaf and they're cut into strips whereas hemp is like very, very resinous and oily. So um, I would say that like the joints, if you're looking for more of like a, oh, like a connoisseur experience and you really want to have like the best smoking experience, you know, you would definitely gravitate towards those where they are more expensive. Whereas the cigarettes, you really get more bang for your buck and you still have all the high CBD content in them. That's so interesting. And what was the, um, who in the family or in your company thought that, uh, or solved the issue of people smoking the the joints and being kind of looked at as if they were smoking um, THC joints and then was had the, the great idea to turn them into cigarettes? Yeah, I mean, the whole idea with the cigarettes too was about being able to produce enough to meet the demand. Whereas the joints, like I said, I mean, they're made by hand, so you can only have so much produce in a day. Um, but our oldest brother, Rafael, he actually was the one that he was, he was always looking for different solutions and different ways to become more efficient. And that's how he had that idea where it was like, okay, well, there's these people that actually can work with us and we can help modify their machines. And in this way, instead of producing like X amount, we can produce x amount so it kind of went like that and then the other problems kind of were solved in their own way you know people were letting us know like hey this is amazing because now i can go out to the bar and i stopped smoking cigarettes and my friends are social smokers and i go outside it's not like i can just use a joint so you can actually just take out what looks like a regular cigarette you're not smoking tobacco or nicotine and getting addicted again but you still have that social aspect that's interesting and okay so you mentioned addiction so is cbd non-addictive? CBD is non-addictive and it actually helps your brain suppress the part of it that like sends out a pang whenever you are craving something. So that's why CBD cigarettes that are actually high in CBD work so well because you're not just replacing like the act of smoking, 
but you're also helping like all of those withdrawal symptoms and the actual like wiring of your brain that says, hey, like you need a cigarette right now. You're helping that kind of like hush down while you replace them. That's very interesting. So what have been some of the the major challenges outside of um, knowing when to harvest the plant? Well, I'd say the major challenges in any business where you're producing a product to sell is finding the right outlet to sell. So the distribution, um, finding the right customers. I think those are definitely the parts that were the hardest for us. Interesting. And do you ever get pushback from people who say like, smoking is smoking it's all bad for you so why produce something that's harming people yeah but you know what we're saying is not that smoking is good for you it's like obviously smoking anything is bad for you but it's all about making a better choice so you can't just go out to the mass people and be like hey smoking tobacco is bad for you so just stop some people just really like to smoke so we're just having something putting something out there that is a better option not so much a healthy option got you I think there's um, a lot of honor in all of what you just said. <laughs> and um, I'm curious, like with your parents, have they kind of shifted their mindset around like weed um, throughout this process or were they just kind of maybe standoffish until you switch over to CBD? Oh, they've definitely changed their mind. I mean, when we first started the business, you know, my dad's always been a little bit more open-minded and kind of like, well, you know, you got to let the kids do what they'll do. And my mom's always really, really against like all kinds of drugs. It was also the way that she was brought up too. Um, and so she was very against it in the beginning. And once we started working with the veteran group, actually, was when she started coming around to um, to the THC aspect of it. Because she saw that it wasn't just people getting high and like, you know, getting belligerent. Like in her mind, it was a gateway drug. It was like, you're going to do that and then suddenly be addicted to meth. And we were like, mom, like, you know, that's really not what's happening here. Like it's a much better alternative for even people who want to like have fun and stuff than alcohol. You know, it does much less harm to your body. And so she's really come around now. Now she is, you know, a hundred percent a supporter of both the recreational and the medicinal aspects of cannabis, but she was definitely the tougher cookie to break. That's interesting. <laughs> um, I was going to sort of raise with a similar outlook. Um, from my mother, that it being a gateway drug. And I think back to the dare days yeah. to, to never, to never do these things. Um, but now as we are growing older and more informed, it's pretty cool to, uh, to see the actuality of these different plants, plants and plant medicines and how they can positively impact our mental state, body functioning and all of that. Yeah, exactly. Has your mom also changed her opinion on it or is she kind of still set in the it's still a drug kind of thing? <laughs> I think she's a, a little bit more understanding, more specifically on magic mushrooms <laughs> and um, rewiring of their brain. But um, yeah, she's certainly much more open than, than ever before. And I wonder, actually, and this should be a conversation I'll have with her, but I wonder if she was just saying all of that in order to scare us to not do it. Perhaps that wasn't her actual opinion of it. Um, <laughs> if that makes any sense, I'll have to ask her. Hmm. Yeah. 
That would make sense. You got to scare the kids straight, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> totally. If I'm ever a mom, I'll probably enact the same po- policy. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, exactly. And I always like would tell my parents, I'm like, I told you this stuff was good. And they're like, well, yeah, well, not when you're still like a teenager and your brain's developing. And I'm like, well, that's fair. Yeah. Like there absolutely. always is a time and place for everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so some more focus on you, because I feel like we have a really good idea of, of what Redwood Reserves does. and and um, that Genesis story, but I'm curious um, about like uh, a female within the CBD space. Are there lots of women in this industry? You know, I think the cannabis industry is one that does have a lot of females in it because it was so new that the bar was kind of set a little bit equal. Like I've worked with a lot of women that have started their own companies in the industry that have a lot of success. Although I will say like, you know, everything is a little bit more male dominated in general, but there's a lot of opportunity for women too. Got you. Um, what do you think there are as far as advantages for being a woman in business? Hmm. That's a good question. I would say you know, women look at things differently than men. I feel like there's more, I guess, like more of the feeling behind things, like the why you do what you do. Okay. Um, I think being a woman has really helped me with that. But in general, like I said, with everything else, like in this industry, the bar is kind of set equal. Like I've never really felt like, oh, I feel like inferior in here because I'm a woman. Mostly I was like, oh, I feel kind of inferior in here because everyone's like, 30 40 years old and I'm like almost in my early 20s so <laughs> I think a different approach in my mind I see and do you do you have a different way of like thinking and processing challenges than um than your brothers yes I do but that's also because you know like my oldest brother is very analytical it's like he has to have the numbers um and I'm more of like the why behind it so I think we think differently in that way. And when you say why, you're talking more like the the purpose of? Yeah, like the purpose of like, yeah, exactly. Like why is it that we're doing this? Like what are the outcomes? Is that going to be beneficial? Not just like just the numbers. That's really interesting. So when you have like challenging situations that arise in your life, do you dive into a specific format or do you have like rituals that help bring you back into uh, understanding the why and pushing forward? Um, you know, when I have you know issues in my life, I just kind of sit down and I say, is this going to be this big of a deal in five years? Mm-hmm. And that kind of helps ground me. And I'm like, okay, and I can kind of work back and think with a clear mind and really solve a problem without just being really impulsive into it. That is so powerful and it's such a great way to to handle the stressors that come through and I feel like most of the time in the western world we are making inconveniences into like ordeals (laughs) and problems right and um, I love that approach I think it's such such a solid way of handling things Um, because most of the time it's not it's not going to be a big deal in five years right Yeah, exactly. Something that seems so big right now. And like, because I get like so much anxiety and so much stress, right? Especially having, you know, being a business owner, everything falls on you. But then I'm like, okay, let's calm down. Like, 
it, this is something that obviously it can be fixed in five years. Am I really going to be having like this much anxiety about this? No. So let's like think with a clear mind. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So speaking of time, like five years down the road, where do you hope to see the family business going? Oh, I hope it keeps expanding in the way that it is. You know, we're making a lot of push for international markets as well. We're doing a lot of um, like charity work and philanthropic work. So I would just see all of the fruits of our labor, you know, still progressing and having the companies be bigger than they are now. I know it's like a general broad answer, but. (laughs) It just sounds like growth, mama. Yeah, exactly. That's great. (laughs) And do you all just still operate on on one farm or do you have multiple plots of land? No, we have multiple plots of land. Um, So we have our home base and then we'll lease out, basically do like a, um, like a buyback program with different farmers. So we'll give them our genetics and then they'll grow it for us and then we'll buy it back. Um, Mm -hmm. Just to meet the demand. I mean, there's only so much that we can do ourselves. Amazing. And is it all grown in Oregon or have you chosen multiple places around the country or world? Yeah, so far it's all been grown in Oregon. Um, Just because we've, you know, we've been here since the beginning and we've helped a lot of farmers with their struggles and stuff like that. So we've kind of built a little community out here. That's pretty phenomenal. I mean, considering that you all were kind of outsiders, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. But the cannabis industry in general is a very small world. So I feel like, you know, everyone kind of knows everyone. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Well, do you feel like your business is kind of fitting into cultural norms? Or do you think it's pushing against or pulling norms in a different direction? Oh, I definitely feel like we're pulling against cultural norms. I mean, like a CBD cigarette is just so everyone's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you know, you can still have the act of smoking and it's CBD. It's not marijuana. You're not going to get high. There's still a lot of like, um, how would you put it? Like a lot of people are still like, oh, like that's still drugs, you know? Mm-hmm. And then we, like I said, we also do a lot of push internationally. So we're in um, Brazil for both brands for, it's only prescription only. So it's really for people like the CBD cigarettes. They're for people who, you know, they have either anxiety or pain and, or they want to stop smoking, but just adults, but our CBD oil lines, I mean, they're mostly for children and children with epilepsy, children with autism. And that is pushing against cultural norms immensely because before it was always like, you know, the only thing that you can do is take pharmaceuticals, but they're not really helping. So with the CBD, it's like, there is a really positive impact in the lives of these people but there is still a lot of people that are like, well, you're giving kids drugs and even the government pushes back against it. So I think every day is like a struggle to keep educating and, you know, keep pushing forward and showing people like, you know, no, like this actually is making a difference. So you mentioned something really powerful. So children with epilepsy and other issues. So how is, how is this helping them? What's the, what is the, what is it that they're experiencing that the CBD is aiding um, and relieving? Yeah, I mean, so the the whole push with giving children CBD um, with epilepsy, it actually started with my little cousin in Brazil. So we had the business over here. Brazil had just like, they had a movement of moms with kids with autism and epilepsy, and they were seeing that, you know, they were getting oil from the black market. 
And they're like, it's changing my kid's life. Like he was having a ton of seizures a day. Now he's not. And now he's like not a shell of a human anymore. And so my little cousin, she was born prematurely. She didn't get the care that she needed. It was in like rural Brazil. And she ended up having um, a bunch of different conditions, but mostly she was having about like 10 to 15 seizures a day. Mm. And each one, you know, she regresses back because her brain loses oxygen. And she was on like a ton of different medications. And you there was like really nothing behind her eyes because she was just so, as funny as it is, like doped out. <laughs> and so her, my cousin was like, you know, I see that you guys make the oil, you know, like over here, we really don't have like a lot of options. Would you guys be able to, you know, do something to help us? And so we ended up getting, you know, importation permits and stuff and sending it to her. And once she started taking the oil, she went from having like 10 to 15 seizures a day, like I said, to like maybe one or two a day. And then now she's been on the oil for about three years now, three or four years. And she has a seizure maybe once every six months. So that's so interesting. So is it eliminating inflammation or or what's what's it doing? Yeah, it eliminates inflammation in general, but you know, I'm not sure exactly like where it's targeting in your body, but CBD in general like all the cannabinoids, we have cannabinoids in our system already. We have like what's called the endocannabinoid system and it basically it's located like all around our body and it just helps things maintain in balance. So the reason why like, you know, you have, you're having a ton of seizures and all these different things is things aren't in balance in your body. You're having like all these different issues. So with the CBD oil, it's like a full spectrum. It's not just CBD. So it has all the cannabinoids that are in the plant. Um, it really just helps like balance out their bodies. And it's, I mean, the proof is just with like the people that are using it, you know, like they have, they stop having all these seizures um, their quality of life improves. Like now she can actually like say some words and she's very like active and talks and stuff like that. And before she was just kind of like sitting there having a bunch of seizures all day, you know? That's amazing. That, I mean, that in and of itself is um, a beautiful why in producing uh, your product. If it's helping people who are, I mean, you can't function if you are having seizures, you know, and have, autism. Um, my sister used to work with, um, children with severe autism and I would go and into her classroom every once in a while and just observe what was going on. And it was so much, um, and these poor little children. So I applaud you and your family for, for what you all are, are doing. And it makes sense that you feel as though you're pushing or pulling against cultural norms, but hopefully in, in pulling, um, you're you'll feel a a lightning of the resistance and over time yeah hopefully because i mean it doesn't just change the lives of the actual like patients but it changes the lives of even their family because i mean imagine having to like deal with your you know watching your kid having to go through all that and suddenly it's not as severe anymore and you guys actually can have like some quality of life so i do hope that you know eventually people don't just look at you know cannabis or cbd as like snake oil or a drug and stuff like that and just see like you know what's actually happening out there yeah that's amazing absolutely well this is my favorite question to ask every single person that comes on her drive um if you could go back in time and give a younger you some words of advice how old would you be and what would you say hmm i think 
I would probably go back to like my 12 or 13 year old self and be like, stop trying to look so forward into the future that you don't appreciate the now. Because ever since then, I mean, I remember like, I was like, oh, well, I can't wait to be a teenager and then I'll have more freedom. You know, I can go out and do all this stuff with my friends. And then it was, oh, I can't wait to be 16 and have a car and drive. And then, oh, I can't wait to be 18 and go to college. But you kind of, you know, I've always been so looking forward into like the next step that I didn't really appreciate the step I was in. So it took a while to break out of that mindset. Um, But I think I would have enjoyed my youth a lot more had I just been living in the moment. Hmm. That is solid advice. Well, I um, love that you were able to take some time and be in this moment with me and share the story of Redwood with um, the Her Drive listeners. Anna, is there anything else that you would like to share about you, your family, your businesses? Um, you know, I think we pretty much covered like the general overview of what we do and why we do it, but. You know, if anyone listening wants to try any, um, you know, CBD products that don't get you high but help you feel really relaxed, definitely head on over to our websites and check them out. Amazing. And what are your, um, what's your website so they can find you? Yeah. So it's redwoodreserves.com and usahemp.com. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, Anna Redwood. It has been such a joy. Yeah. Likewise. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for listening to Her Drive with Cindy Cramblett. If you want to know more about today's guest or know a fascinating woman you'd love for me to interview, please see the show notes, visit Instagram or her-drive.com. And please, 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 if you love the show, leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for riding along and subscribe to join our next woman and Her Drive to success.